Did you know that right now there's a group of people running the business of their dreams? They are respected leaders in their field, working with clients they love and serving them profitably. Now, are they famous? Depends on who you ask. They're not signing autographs at the grocery store or taking selfies every five minutes. They're not trying to be everywhere on social media. Yet when they show up at trade events and conferences, they are recognized and sought after. They're the ones everyone else looks up to. They're the next generation of thought leaders in their space. So what's their secret? Well, they've become famously influential to the right people, and so can you. Today, we'll dig into the story of one of these leaders and deconstruct how they became micro-famous. You won't just come away inspired, you'll come away with a new strategy and a new way of thinking. So while your competition is scattered, chaotic, and chasing every shiny object, you can move forward with confidence and clarity. I'm your host, Matt Johnson, agency founder and author of Microfamous. And if you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, let's get started. Welcome back to Microfamous. We have a very special episode today. This is a conversational episode with a fellow podcaster, a fellow introvert, and someone that also has come up in the real estate business as I originally did. And we have a lot of mutual friends and a lot of the same beliefs, the same point of view on the world. And so my guest this week is Barry Karch. He is a 35 plus year veteran of the business. He is the host of the Real Estate Unsalesperson podcast, which is a great title, um, because he found like I did that uh, introverts uh, do not like being pushy. We do not like being sales bullies. Uh, we are wildly uninterested in that. We want to create win-wins where the person walks away and believes that they made a great decision when when they move forward with us. So we're not interested in selling to people. We want them to want to buy. And we also have, as introverts, certain strengths and certain weaknesses. And we need to start recognizing that our introversion is not an automatic weakness. It is actually a strength for a lot of the reasons that we go into with Barry in this episode. So I really hope you enjoy it. I think it was a great conversation and it'll change some some hearts and minds, hopefully, uh, on yourself and, and the negative baggage that you as an introvert might bring using that word with other people. I certainly have run into a lot of extroverts that have negative baggage with that word. So we dig into why that is, how to change that, how to reframe the, th- the way that we look at ourselves. Uh, how to reframe the way that we view our introversion, how to maybe set some boundaries that allow us to show up as our best self um, while creating uh, situations where we can be extroverted for the time that we have to be social and then retreat. So we go into a lot in this episode. So let's jump in. This is Barry Karch, the host of the Real Estate Unsalesperson podcast. Let's get started. Barry, officially welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you. We We had such a great call. And uh, we have, you know, some mutual connections and seems like uh, a very uh, somewhat experienced, you know, similar experience because we're both both introverts, both in the real estate realm. But you're telling me something really interesting that came up in a conversation with Jay Papasan, which if the audience doesn't know, is the co-author of all of Gary Keller's books. So uh, the millionaire real estate agent, the red book, um, the one book, you know, the one thing, all that stuff. So Jay is the co-author of that. So what did Jay tell you that really caught you off guard? Well, Jay told me he's in charge of training for the Keller Williams franchise. He devised the training programs. And he told me that the majority of his top realtors are introverts, which kind of surprised me somewhat yeah. because it's not what you would commonly expect. No, it's, it's not. Um, I think most people would expect uh, maybe not massive extra. Like if you know the real estate team world at all, you know there's a lot of a- analytical engineering types because there's a lot of people that are very experienced with online lead generation, for example, or they're mo- more focused on recruiting. So they're good leaders as opposed to good salespeople. So they're, they're, I mean, if you know that world a little bit, you, it might not take you completely off guard to know that there's a bunch of introverts in the mix, but not the mm-hmm. majority that like when you told me that that caught me off guard. 
So let's back up a little bit and tell people just kind of who you are, where you are, what you do, and then we'll get into the introvert stuff. Okay, sure. I've been a realtor. I'm in El Paso, Texas. I've been a realtor for 36 years now, long time in the business. And I tell you what, I've always thought I'm kind of one of the most unlikely realtors out there because I'm a quiet person. I'm not real talkative. I don't make much small talk. <laughs> um, I'm an introvert. I'm not real salesy yet. I found that it's worked for me, strangely enough, and uh, I've been able to uh, have a fairly good career and a, a long-lasting career uh, as I am. So we'll, we'll get into kind of the strengths and weaknesses and stuff in a second, but where does where do you tend to find your best clients? How do they come into you? Well, I've evolved a lot over time from when I started. Nowadays, my best clients are going to be my past clients and repeat business from them and referrals from them. Sure. I do most of my marketing now to past clients. Uh, rather than spending money on people I don't know, I decide to turn things inward. And I spend money in advertising on people who like me already and trust me and have worked with me. Mm -hmm. So I try to support the people that supported me. So that's where the clients come from now. Back when I started, um, when I didn't know anybody was new in the business, well, um, in those days, I tried a little bit of everything. And some things I was better at than others. I would try open houses, which I was terrible at. <laughs> uh, I wasn't very good at uh, meeting people, introducing myself, making small talk. It's not my strength. Yep. I would uh, phone up um, expired listings. I would do a little bit of for sale by owners. Um, all the typical stuff, some mailings, things that were typical for that era, I should say, mm -hmm. 30 some odd years ago before the internet was around and anything else was around. So it was a different world back then. Yeah. But um, I've evolved over time on, on where leads come from. That's But nowadays, it's past clients and so forth. Uh, back in the day, what, what did you settle on as like your number one and number two pillars of lead generation? What, what did you find after all that experimentation? Hmm. Back when I started uh, in the early days? Mm -hmm. Yeah, within, let's um, say first five years, what did you settle on that kind of became your bread and butter way to meet new people? Well, let's see. I would call expired listings regularly. Mm -hmm. um, I would do that. Uh, what else did I do? Um, I did open houses, as I said, but not very successfully. Where else did I get my people from? I had a lot of, I worked with a lot of buyers back in those days. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think where they came from. I got some, oh, in those days we had uh, what we call floor time in the office where oh, yeah. people, okay, I'm really dating myself here, but people didn't have cell phones in those days. Right. So phone calls would come into the office and people would be on duty for a certain period of time and whatever calls came into the office would be yours to work and help. Yeah. So I got a lot of business from that too. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it was the, it was the pre-internet version of internet leads. It's basically people call up and say, hey, I'm, I'm looking to see at home. Can somebody show me? And you're like, yeah, I'll come out and meet you. So that makes sense. Um, so, but it was a lot of cold, right? It was a lot of cold. And, and it, was all, I had, it was mostly cold, yeah. You and I had a, a very similar experience. Uh, and I just want to re relate this for the audience. If you're listening going, I'm not in real estate, none of this applies to me. Think again, because I think the struggles that, that for example, people in any kind of, kind of professional services have, whether it's coaching, consulting, or sales, those first couple of years, if you're on the introverted side, I think are, are just, it's the hump to get over. And if you can get over that hump of the first couple of years, and you can find something like what you did, and I did the same thing, which is expired listings. If you can find something that does work for your introverted personality and you can hang around through those first couple of, of years that tend to be pretty tough, then I think you can get a foothold in and then you can start expanding and experimenting with other things from there. Um, when I was in, I mean, the first thing that I did was expired listings, a little bit of FISBO. 
But the reason that I did it was I, because being an introvert, I didn't have a massive social circle. You know, we talked about this before we mm -hmm. hit record. Mm -hmm. I think when I sat down to write out my entire sphere of influence, I came up with like 150 names. My extroverted business partner came up with 1500. So that was the difference between introvert, extrovert. And um, I think if we can, if we can get over those, like find something that works just in those first couple of years, hang in there, then you can start to kind of add things or, or get to the position that you're in where you're not, you don't even have to market to anybody you don't know anymore. And of course that right. for any coach, consultant or salesperson, like that's like the holy grail. Uh, what does your day look like nowadays in terms of uh, how much you talk to people, how many hours you spend in communication being social? Well, um, I don't do too much on social media as far as that yeah, part of social goes. Phone calls, yeah, but, but phone calls, people. Yeah, I do a lot of phone calls and follow up. Um, that's been a strength of mine. I'm pretty organized. Maybe that's a strength of introverts. I don't know, but I'm very <laughs> organized, and I do follow up with people regularly. I will call them. Um, I, I will call people regularly. Um, mm. I try different times of the day if they're hard to reach. Sometimes I'll call during the day. Sometimes I can't reach them in the day. I'll call them in the evening or I'll call them on a Saturday. Um, but I do follow up with them regularly via phone, text, video, text. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll just keep checking in on them. I'm not pushy. I'm not aggressive. I just say, just keeping in touch, just checking in with you to see if anything I can do to help. That's mm -hmm. it. You know, not real salesy. And um, I love the people that I get a kick out of. Sometimes people I've followed up with for two, three, four, five years or more, and they eventually buy or sell a house. Mm -hmm. So those are the ones I really get a kick out of. They've yeah. been years in the pipeline. <laughs> uh, and going back to your strengths. So you're, you're an introvert, you're early in the business, you're experimenting with all this stuff. Uh, do you remember when it first kind of dawned on you that being an introvert could be a strength, that it wasn't automatically a drawback? You know, um, I always did fairly well in real estate, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't really reflect back on it probably until at least 10 years in the business. And I started thinking, you, you know what, uh, people really are comfortable around me. It, it kind of works because I'm not pushy. I'm not aggressive. They, they open up to me and they, we work together more better. So I would say it's been, it was probably a good 10 years in the business that I realized, you know what, it is a strength. It, it, it works being an introvert. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, that, that's a long time to go without really kind of knowing and, and acknowledging that in yourself. It just, just kind of plowing forward and going, hey, like it, obviously there's something is working, so I'm going to stay in the business. I think unfortunately there's a lot of people that don't reflect on that. I mean, now, like you're running a podcast to help with that, like you have a podcast specifically for introverts in real estate. I'm over on the coaching consulting side, kind of trying to do the same thing. We're, we're essentially trying to get the same message out there, which is that being an introvert isn't automatically a drawback. And not only that, it can actually be a strength. It can be your greatest strength. So you mentioned one element of it. I want to dig into maybe some of the other things that, you, uh, that you've noticed about yourself and other introverts. Uh, you mentioned the fact that people open up to you. So introverts are definitely, we tend to hang back a little bit more. We tend to be better at asking questions. We're not, we don't have to talk over the other person. We don't have to always lead the conversation. We tend to lead better with questions. Um, there's also maybe some, some empathy component of that in terms of why people open up to you. I don't know if you ever thought about that, um, but just let's, let's riff on that a little bit. What are some of the things that you noticed about yourself and other introverts that, that you feel like are strengths? 
Yeah, Matt, a uh, good question. And you know what? I, I agree with you. And I think that introverts actually have the characteristics to make them the best realtors, not yeah. just good realtors, but the best realtors. And there's a lot of strengths that uh, introverts have. And one of them is because we don't talk so much, we tend to be very good listeners. Yeah. And our clients like to talk. Most people like to talk, mm-hmm. like to tell us all about themselves and what they want. And we're good at listening to them. So we make them feel important because we're there listening to them. They're carrying on most of the conversation about themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what people like to do, talk about themselves. So that works really good. That's a big strength is being a good listener. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that also, um, I think as you alluded to, we're good at creating relationships with people, which is good for the long-term business. Yep. Um, we may not be so great at networking with big groups, but real estate's a one-on-one business and we just have to connect with a person who's right in front of us. And so we're generally good at talking or connecting with the people right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And that develops a good lasting relationship, which leads to repeat and referral business. So those are just a couple yeah. of, a couple of strengths. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. The one-on-one thing is interesting because you're so right about that. <clears throat> I've noticed that about myself and I've gotten better at focusing on putting myself in situations where I really enjoy myself and not putting myself in situations that end up not being super fun for me. And the big group events with un- with unlimited timeframes, mm-hmm. uh, not good for me, right? If you go like, hey, we're getting together a group of people and we're gonna rent a boat and we're going out on the harbor and we'll be back, you know, we're get- leaving somewhere between eight and we'll get somewhere, you know, back at- back after seven or eight hours. I'm like, absolutely not. Like I've got about an hour right. of socializing in me in that situation, uh-huh. then I'm going to want to get off the boat. And if necessary, yeah. <laughs> I will jump and swim. Uh, so I've gotten better at limiting myself from those. In the coaching consulting world, there's definitely a lot of that going on. Lots of people go to events, you speak at events, there's networking things after, there's always a cocktail hour, there's always a uh, party. And you do find yourself in a lot of groups and there is less of that in real estate that like the sales are made across from the kitchen table, mm-hmm. one-on-one. Unfortunately, in, in coaching consulting world, there's a lot of big group stuff. And a lot of people do meet clients that way. Uh, So real estate does have kind of a natural advantage to that in that at the end of the day, before a sale is made, you always end up sitting across the kitchen table or or across the coffee table from them one-on-one. Is that, have you done anything, uh, have you done anything in your, the rest of your business life or your personal life where you've started to set like boundaries on the types of situations that you get into to kind of suit the fact that you like, you've learned more about yourself as an introvert over the years? I have not. I no. I have not no I have not set boundaries like that. I will I, I will still plow ahead and do my best in situations that may not be the best for me, yeah. but um, I, I'll still plow ahead and, and do my best at it to uh, make a go at it. Although with maybe uh, not as good a success as some people, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I haven't. I really haven't limited myself <laughs> to just focus on one thing or another. Yeah. So is there uh, so let's talk about the podcast and your experience with that a little bit. So you've been running this podcast that is on a mission to help introverts in real estate realize that they can be um, that, that their introvertedness can be a strength and that they can sell without being salesy. So let's talk about that approach a little bit. You alluded to it in the way that you follow up with people that you are unsalesy. But when you think about the difference between salesy and unsalesy, the difference between things that make people uncomfortable versus comfortable, um, what are some of those things to watch out for that people describe as salesy that we can avoid? Well, it's being very pushy or aggressive or, or just pushing too hard for the sale 
mm. or, or not giving people room to breathe constantly after them trying to close the sale. Mm. I, I don't think anybody or, likes a pushy salesperson. Most people, yeah. you know, you want to step back, get away from them because they're, they're just too overbearing. So mm. that, it, that is a thing that people don't like. And personally, I don't think you can really talk somebody into buying a house. It's too big of a purchase. It's several hundred thousand dollars. I can't talk somebody into spending that kind of money. They have to like it enough themselves and want it. So my job is to become their advisor, not a salesperson, get the facts in front of them, get the proper properties in front of them that they're interested in, and then they're going to make their own decision if it's right for them or not. I really don't have to do much selling at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you, have you ever read uh, David Sandler's stuff on sales? I have not. No, I'll need to check it out. It's, it's really good because I didn't know this about Sandler, but he was an introvert. And I mean like a, a big introvert. And he got into selling success courses and materials and stuff in the 70s and essentially had to kind of figure out a way through sales as an introvert. Now, what was interesting is he developed this kind of system and he was very much like anti all the old closes, all the Ben Franklin clothes, like all the stuff that we kind of learned coming up mm -hmm. with um, in the world that we come up with. He was opposed to all of that. Of course, I didn't know any of this when I first got started in real estate. But it's funny is like his clothes would be something like, well, what would you like to do next? <laughs> he would just, mm -hmm. and because if you've done in his mind, if you'd done the things up until then, and you've let them make, you let them make their own decision, but you've, you've structured the conversation in a way that you're leading them to the best decision for them, and probably it's to move forward with, with you in certain cases, then he would just get down to the end and say, well, what would you like to do next? And I'm like, well, how do we get started? Great, right. let's, let's get, like, it wouldn't be like, a, there's no assumptive close. There's none of the tactics and the techniques that we would ascribe to traditional salespeople. And I thought that was really interesting. I, I think that links back to him being a natural introvert. Like you wanna have the conversations where you feel like you're listening well, you're leading them to a conclusion they want to come to. And then at the end, you're not pushing them to do anything. They're choosing to take that step forward. Right. I'm, I'm pretty similar, actually. On a listing yeah. appointment, usually at the end, I'll just say, here's what we need to do to get started. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Um, mm -hmm. Or if I'm showing houses, I'll just simply say to a buyer, have you seen a home you'd like to try to work something out on? And that's mm -hmm. it. Just real mm -hmm. simple. Nothing fancy. Mm -hmm. But uh it works, but uh, you, you reminded me um, way back when I, back to the beginning again, when I started in real estate, a lot of the trainers were pushing scripts yeah. um, for people to, to memorize or to say, here's what you say to a seller. Here's what you say to a buyer. If they object, here's what you say to that objection. And so I was given all these scripts and it was so unnatural. It was just stuff that I would never say. <laughs> so I made a decision that, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be myself. Yeah. I'm going to treat people how I would want to be treated. And uh, I just wanted it that way. And it, it worked. Yeah. So you, did you ever, did you try to tweak the scripts for your own phrasing or just said, screw it, dump I, them out I, the window? I, I just dumped them out the window. I never <laughs> used them. It was just so, it, it was like so on me. It, would like be, yeah. it was just, people wonder, where did that come from? If I said something like that. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like, once you go down that road, you almost have to go all the way down. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's hard to say one thing that's scripted that sounds uh -huh. so out of character for you and then mm -hmm. go back to just being yourself. Yeah, you almost have to become that person. And I know a lot of guys that did, like their their entire conversations with homeowners would be in that persona because they, they were so scripted, like they, they were good at it. Uh, mm -hmm. I will say most of them were extroverts. 
Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I thought of that we didn't get a chance to talk about in terms of the the strengths of it of an introvert when it comes to marketing was uh, perspective. You know, the ability to kind of put yourself in somebody else's shoes and see that those things from from their perspective. And I think that's part of why you could probably rejected scripts to begin with is I think introverts, because we tend to hang back, we're not always talking all the time. We tend to be more listening. We tend to be more observing. Um, we're also able to kind of put ourselves in the shoes of the other person and see how the situation is hitting them, how what we're saying is hitting them and, and all those things. And I've noticed that um, the perspective thing is, is really a, a, a very big strength of introverts, the ability to see things from the other person's perspective and understand how, how things come across. Um, how, I guess, have you noticed that thing in yourself or other people that you've talked to? I have, Matt. I, I do feel like I have a lot of empathy for my clients when I work with them. I do. I try to look at the world through their point of view. Um, actually, that's what I discuss with my wife a lot, who's a realtor, too. When we're out with buyers, I just say we need to learn how to look at the world through their eyes yeah. and see things as they see it as we go through it. Um, on, on the, to contrast it, I know some people with different personality types who kind of have the driver personality. They're real tough and aggressive. And they have no empathy whatsoever with the people they're working with. They're very focused on what they want done, but they don't make their clients feel comfortable. Yeah. So, yeah, I think introverts are very good with the empathy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we tend to maybe skew more heavily toward, towards that side of things. Uh, so let's finish up talking about the podcast. What's your, what's your experience been with podcasting in general? Have you liked it, disliked it? Um, and especially when you first got started, did you notice anything that hit at that introvert part of you uh that made you hesitate jumping into podcasting did you did you take to it like a fish to water was there an adjustment period just what was your overall experience with it yeah good questions you know i know i, I knew i wanted to do it but um it was a little daunting at first because i'm i was very self-conscious about it i don't like how i sound i don't know if that's typical of a lot of people um, <laughs> yes, yeah. i wasn't real comfortable with it and um so it, and I wasn't quite sure how, although it's the podcast is called the real estate unsalesperson for unsalesy people, introverted people. I wasn't sure how forward to put that introvert part at the beginning. I was a little self-conscious about that. Do I want to come out and say it's for introverts or do I want to kind of hold back on that? Is that going to be a turnoff? So I kind of had to find my voice on it, which I imagine you found is typical for the people that you've trained, but it's taken me about a year, but I'm finally to the point where I'm fairly comfortable with it now and I've kind of found my voice, but it did take a good year to do it and be comfortable with it. Yeah, there's a lot of that, a lot of people uncomfortable with their voice. Um, and on the branding side, I, I struggled a little bit with the same thing. So when I decided to, to really, I would say niche down and, and start speaking more to introverted coaches and consultants rather than just the broader, the broader market, um, I did some testing first and for about three or four months, just talked about, I started to change kind of the content of the podcast and get more specific with who I was talking to, but I didn't actually change the tagline of the show mm. until, until about three or four months in. And I said, do it. Yes. Yeah, basically we're talking about marketing for introverts. Let's just be, let's just be clear and just put it right on the, yeah. right on the podcast <laughs> artwork. Uh, Cause yeah, I wanted to see what people's response was. And, and the interesting thing is there, there are people out there that have really strong negative reactions to the word introvert. Mm -hmm. Now, I noticed most of them were big extroverts. I'm like, okay, well, who cares? Like, I don't care what they think, but I, but I do care 
to the extent that I think introverts sometimes use that label negatively for ourselves as if it were a bad thing, which I don't think it is. You know, I, you and I are pretty much agreed on that. Like, I think just being introverted means you recharge when you're alone and being with other people draws down the energy, period, end of story. Like, I don't think it says anything about how quiet or shy you are. I think some people are quiet and shy and that's okay. I'm not one of them. I'm not, I'm not a shy introvert by any means. Um, so I think there's a lot of, I don't know if you've run into this when you, when you came out with the podcast, but I've noticed some, some negative baggage on the word introvert, even with people that should be proud of it as a label. Yeah, I haven't had people come and tell me negative things about it, but I do have to admit, although I think being an introvert is a good thing, nothing wrong with it. I, I myself kind of have a negative impression of that word in my head, which I have to get over myself. Mm-hmm. So I was a little, like I mentioned, a little worried about putting it out there that this is for introverts because I just feel this negative connotation. Now, some people I've talked to and some extroverts I've talked to don't feel that it's negative. They're like, what's wrong with that? Nothing, yeah. strangely enough, but I, I have to get over in my head a negative connotation myself to the word introvert. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think introverts, uh, whatever it is, it carries some connotations of maybe not liking people mm-hmm. or, or even to the point of hating, like hating being around other people, which I don't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the, you know, people joke around with me about it and I'll, and I'll joke all day long, but I know internally that's not true. It's especially as I've gotten better about like the, the boundaries that we talked about earlier, as, I, as I've become more comfortable identifying and just putting it out there to the world that I'm a natural introvert and, and starting to set up boundaries where I don't put myself in situations where I exceed the, the amount of time that I want to spend being social. I've noticed that during, during the times when I am social, I can relax and be even more free and uninhibited because I know I don't have to maintain my energy for the next three hours of doing this, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if, I, if I go out, you know, like when, when events start up again, um, I'm not going to go to an event, sit all day in the sessions and then go to a happy hour afterwards. I'm going to skip the sessions and go to the, the happy hour because that's the important part for me, <laughs> you know, is meeting people. And I want to have deep, interesting one on one conversations with people over a drink. But I know that I'm going to be back home by seven o'clock mm-hmm. so I can like, bam, show up, put all my energy, have a great time, 90 minutes, two hours, whatever. Bam, then I'm out the door and back home. So it allows me to like turn on the extrovertedness when I need to, because I know it doesn't need to last me all day and into the night. So I think if, uh, I think the boundaries help, because um, then I can, you know, I don't, I don't worry about showing up as an introvert. I don't show up quiet and shy. I show up extroverted because mm-hmm. I know that it's that's such a short time frame. I can mm-hmm. burn through all of my social energy and then I, I can be back home. So I think little things like that uh, can absolutely help introverts and then maybe take some of that negative stigma away. Yeah, you know, that reminds me, like when I show up to a listing appointment, a mm-hmm. uh, little little different scenario, but I, as I pull in the car, I always like to listen to something positive, upbeat, inspiring when I'm driving the car there to get pumped up and ready to go. But when I get there, I tell myself, okay, it's showtime. And then I have to go, yes. you know, I go out and become realtor mode with more, <laughs> more yeah. energy. And then when I'm done, it's like, whew, now I can <laughs> go back and be myself. Yeah. How, how, many, how many listing appointments could you do like that in a day? Oh, I don't know. I've probably done sometimes two or three, yeah. but um, it, it, 
I like to spread them out if I can. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. Uh, I once heard Michael Hellickson say he did like ten or eleven in a day. He'd That's be dialing lot. people and cold calling in the car in between on the way oh, from wow. one listing and one to the other. Biggest extrovert you'll ever meet, right? Yeah. Just, the, just, uh, just, and that's the difference is you, like an extrovert gain, like just, it's like a sponge, just like absorbs energy from people. So mm-hmm. they can just do that one appointment to another. Yeah, I could not do more than probably two listing appointments in a day. And I would need a good hour minimum <laughs> between them to like, yeah. to just have some downtime and stuff. Yeah, I think just understanding that better. Uh, but I, I would like to, and hopefully the, the work that you and I are both doing in our respective spaces, I hope take some of the negative stigma away and gives people the ability to go, no, this is, this is not a weakness. It's a, it's how I'm constructed as a human being. And it gives me a different set of strengths and weaknesses, but I can leverage those to get exactly what I want in life. So strip away the negative baggage and just start, you know, creating some boundaries in your life that allow you to be who you are, enjoy your life, uh, and get, you know, like hit all of your goals. So, that, I mean, that's, that's my hope with, with both yours and my podcast, that in our, in our spaces, people get that message that the introvert just isn't a, it's not a negative thing. It can be a strength. Exactly. I, I have the same message as you do on, on my show, that it's a positive. It's nothing to be uh, ashamed of. Being an introvert is a positive in real estate, and you can be super successful. Yeah, 100% agree. All right. So, tell us a little bit about uh, the podcast. Where can we go? How do we connect up with you? All right. Well, it's called, again, The Real Estate on salesperson and it's available pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts it's on apple google amazon stitcher spotify pretty much anywhere mm-hmm. um so check it out it's for unsalesy and introverted realtors that's my target audience and i just started creating a community for introverted realtors i don't oh, think nice. there's another one like that out there i don't think so, so. yeah <laughs> Even, even introverts need a little community sometimes. So <laughs> yes. um, we, we can be successful, but as you mentioned, we do things differently. Mm-hmm. So that's the purpose of the group is to brainstorm ways that we can do things with leverage our strengths and inspire and encourage each other. So um, I created a page to uh, check it out over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash unsalesperson. Yeah, yeah. You you snatched up that URL. Yeah. (laughs) So that's ways you can connect with me. I love it. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a great conversation. I really appreciate it, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the community turns out because introverts uh, were were a unique bunch. Yes, yes. So hopefully, some introverts will turn out for community. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, thanks so much. Okay, Matt. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Micro Famous Podcast. If you're ready to become famously influential to the right people, connect with us at getmicrofamous.com. It's the best way to take the next step to implementing the Micro Famous strategy in your business so you can attract an audience, build influence, and become the Micro Famous leader you're meant to be. And we'll see you on the next episode.